Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. I am Michael, and I am here with the one and only Leif Hetland. Hello, Leif. Hey, hey, Michael. How are you doing today? I am actually doing very, very well. Wonderful. So today we are going to talk about um, something that is really important to the time that we're living in right now. I think it's important to every time, but definitely applicable to what we're going through in our world today. Um, we're going to talk about the Lordship of Jesus. So Leif, why don't you just go ahead and, and talk to me a little bit about what's on your heart in regards to the Lordship of Jesus. And um, and then I've got some questions for you. Yeah. No, I lately I've just been a little bit disturbed uh, recognizing some of my friends, some of the people that I know that has been followers of Jesus that to some degree are experiencing a lot of disappointments or perhaps even this COVID-19 season and a lot of squeezing. Uh, I don't think that some of them expressed to me that Jesus uh, didn't meet some of their expectation and it led to disappointment. So I've had people that are leaving ministry either because of the hurt and the pain and kind of going back to business. Uh, I'm not against people going back to business, but it is kind of when they are deciding to do it because uh, Jesus didn't live up to their expectation. I've had other people that even left their faith. And then I watched a couple even YouTube of some well-recognized people that was on fire for Jesus that has come to this conclusion that uh, that Jesus is not actually going to be the one that I'm going to follow. Mm. So that started this process. How could people, according to my view, because I realized that when I've received Jesus, I've received him as my savior. But then I also went through a process in life and it just kind of took me back again to when I saw suddenly realize that Jesus is Lord. And Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. So there is also an element of not just believing in him as a savior, but believing him as a Lord. And then it took me one more step further when I'm realizing also that the areas in our life where Jesus is not Lord, uh, the area in my life where Jesus is not control is also the area where the enemy often have access to it. And as a result of that, I realize that people cannot live from fullness. They will always live from measure. And there's an element of frustration. And I think once we're living in a society where there's so much of the gospel, even the message we have given is come to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, here's all the benefits you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So in the sense of this is kind of almost like this is an easy thing. Because if you give your life to Jesus... He died for you, and here's what Jesus wanted to do for you. He's going to give you life and life more abundantly. You're going to be head and not tail. He wants you to prosper. He wants you, and you make a list of all the different benefits. It's kind of a here is the mountaintop experience. And so when the salvation is over and the honeymoon is over and suddenly Jesus walks you down into the valley, then people are like, excuse me, I thought we were supposed to go from mountain to mountain. And he said, oh, that's exactly what we're doing. And he starts to walk downwards. And when he's going into the wilderness, so he takes you into the dark night. So when you start following Jesus into some of those places that you start even to feel a little discomfort, it doesn't feel good. And I do not know exactly what's going on. And, and you're starting this journey of learning the Lordship of Jesus. So the 
basic thing that I've learned in life is that actually what happened on the cross when Jesus died and Jesus was buried and Jesus was resurrected, that he became Lord over death. He became Lord over sickness and disease, over every area he became Lord. And and, and now when I recognize the Lordship of Jesus and surrender to that Lordship of Jesus and that Jesus is going to actually rule and reign in every area of my life, that's actually where you find freedom. And any of the things that holds me back from totally surrendered to him, those are also the very areas of the obstacle that stops me from being free. And it's also the biggest obstacle for the world, the world around us to experiencing the freedom that they are desiring. Wow. Wow, that is really good. Um, I love how you said about surrendering yourself under the lordship of Jesus. And so... Obviously, surrender is a process because we surrender once, but we continue to surrender to Jesus as as different things come up in our life. What if I find an area in my life that that Holy Spirit highlights that's not surrendered under the Lordship of Jesus? What what does it look like for me to surrender that or to offer that up to him? I think that many times, first of all, we do not realize uh, we can maybe because we are so used to the Western world when we are confessing that Jesus is Lord, we say certain things. Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly realize as you start this, I mean, just using, say, finances as an example, and then you're being tested in the area of finances. And who do I trust? I trust the one that meets my need. So if money is going to meet my, meet my need, that's who I will serve. Mm-hmm. And I will going after that. So I could say that Jesus is Lord over all. But in the next moment, my mind is, how can I get money? Because money is going to meet my need. Wow. And then we start to serve money. And suddenly money becomes our master instead of being actually allowing Jesus, the Lord, who is the Lord over finances, who is my provider, who is my creativity, who is everything that I need. So as a basic example of that is, can I totally trust Jesus to be able to not just meet my need, but also even to fulfill my dreams and etc. So sometimes those tests we go through in life, now he points the finger to some of those things so that when I get squeezed, what's in me comes out. So some of those squeezing that is taking place and suddenly I really realizing, oops, some of these things happens again. But that's also always then an invitation for to lay that down and saying, Jesus, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. I trust you. You know how to feed me. You know how to lead me. You know how to protect me. I trust you with my life. If you're saying that, Leif, I want you to take a journey with me to Pakistan, then I want you to go into this area of Pakistan. And he takes you on this journey in towards something that is so uncomfortable. It can be painful, the lack of sleep, and there's all kinds of attack. But it's the safest place I can be because I'm in his will. That is when you totally trust him because my life belongs to him. I'm like a coin in his hand and he can spend me in whatever way he wants. And there's such a freedom that when I gave my life to Jesus and he became the Lord over my life, that uh, I can trust him with everything. This, I have this one life to live and so much love to give that I give this over to you, Jesus, and believing that Jesus knows the best. And not just that he knows the best, but he will actually lead me to still water. He will actually prepare a table in the front of the enemies. Of course, this is Psalm 23. <clears throat> so all of those different benefits that we would like, that actually comes from placing yourself under the Lordship. It comes as we saw when you're seeking first his kingdom and it is his righteousness. That's the Lordship of Jesus. 
then all these things shall be added unto you. So it is not before we actually becoming free from something that we can totally be entrusted with it. Mm. And some of the times what we're doing, even in the middle of the shaking, that we're holding on to something. Because we think if, if I give this to Jesus, like I had some one of my friends that if there was a sexuality or if there was I an mean, even future would marriage. If I, mm-hmm. So he had decided it was this one person that, well, I'm going to get married anyway to that person and this and that. And to some degree, but it was something that was missing there. Mm-hmm. But he had decided, no, that is the person. This is what I want. This is what I desire. And I don't, really do not trust you, Jesus, that if I now are following actually some of the things that I believe you are saying, Jesus, that can certainly put me in a very discomfort because this is what I thought was the right thing. This is what I thought is the best thing. But the Holy Spirit is whispering to him and says, there's something here that is not working very right and including some of the things that they had to do. And sometimes even there for Jesus, it's just, are you willing to give up this? Uh, It's not because that he wanted even the breakup. But it was just that he wanted you to be free from any items because that's false worship. That's when you have another God and that very God is the one that you will serve. So this person or this friend eventually, and later on it did work out very well, but he first gave up. Sometimes you give up to go up. And some of those things is what was taking place with his friend. And when he then became free, God said, like with Abraham and Isaac, I didn't need you, Isaac, I just needed you. So sometimes there's testing for that. Other times if I know it, and it's uncomfortable. I've given up. I moved away from my country, my home. I followed Jesus across the world. I'm following him to places where I came out of there broken. So taking out that cross and following Jesus, it's not always that there's only sunshine. Sometimes there is rain. It's not always that you just get to experience the sunrise. You're experiencing sunset. Sometimes he walks you into a long, long winter season and to trust him in the middle of the winter season when everything's dying. It says learning that journey with Jesus. This is the beautiful part of starting the journey of allowing Jesus to be Lord in every area of your life. Wow. That's so good. I love, I love what you said that um, once you are free from something, you can be entrusted with it. That is really powerful. Um, in my own life, I've, I've had struggles in my sexuality. And so I've seen through the process of that coming under the Lordship of Jesus, um, because I, for years, just wanted to make sense of everything and wanted to understand logically why I was this way or why I was attracted that way or why why my lean was this way if I was supposed to be this way, according to scripture. And it's been a process of me through trusting him and learning how to trust him and how to lean into him and how to um, blindly trusting when I can't see that I've been able to learn how to surrender my sexuality under the Lordship of Jesus. So it's not necessarily that I have the answers, um, but it's that I know that he is Lord. So if, if we have people who are listening that hear, okay, so we have to trust him to surrender to him. Um, what do you say when someone says, well, I actually, I don't trust him. So how do I trust Jesus? Uh, well, sometimes then is a couple of things. One of them, you need to get to know Jesus. Mm. And for some people, maybe know things about him, but they really do not know him. Yeah. It's hard to trust somebody you really too, <laughs> if you do not totally know them. Mm. If you do start to get 
to recognizing who Jesus is. For somebody that loved you so much that he left heaven, came down to this earth and started his journey, keeping Michael, keeping Leif, keeping the very person that are listening in his mind, went to the whole journey. Why would he leave heaven, leave perfection, leave everything, come down to this earth? Why would he go to everything that he went through? And not just talking about the death, burial and resurrection, but talking about a whole journey that he gave up everything so that we could have everything. He was separated from perfect love so we could be restored back again to the perfect love of the Father. Mm -hmm. That he was willing to become sin so that we are righteous, to take our shame so that we could be glorified, to take our sexuality, whatever was going on, he's willing to carry all of those things so that we could be taken back to the original what Papa God has for us. Living a lifestyle of fullness, get back to the garden, to be able to eat from that tree of life and no longer having to don't have to. There is a choice. You can eat from the tree of knowledge, wow, good and evil, but you get to eat from the tree of life. You have that choice. And that's where the Lordship is, where we say, Jesus, you love me so much. You bought me with a price. You paid a very high price because I'm so, so valuable. Look at the price that you paid for me. And as a result, now I belong to you. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, first of all, uh, I repent that I don't trust you. And often it is because either there's somebody in my past that either hurt me or wounded me that caused a distrust because the last time they may be trusted for somebody, it was that falsely touch or the abuse or that pain or the rejection or the pain that caused. And as a result of that, when I trust, when I give intimacy, if I'm not in control, I'm going to get hurt again. And I put that on Jesus. So one of the first things I have done in my own life, because some of my journey has been that, from the some abuse and pain I had as a 12-year-old, that affected how I saw God, had it affected, because if God was there, then in the next moment I wouldn't have had that pain. It wouldn't have changed my life in the negative. I wouldn't have had these five years of drug abuse if God would just show up when I cried out to him. That was some of my view. And then it started to affect me because the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy but Jesus always came to give me life and life more abundantly. And I always wanted a life and life more abundantly. But to get that life, it is an exchange life. I have to trust Jesus. To do that, I need to know him. And to know him is to love him. And when you start to love him and recognizing that life is not easy, but he is very good. And even when I'm going through certain things, if it is me or other people and anything else, Jesus uses all of these things out for good because he loved me and I'm called according to his purpose. So even my journey towards my destiny leads to upgrades when I have that journey with Jesus. So I've just learned in an experience with love. It's not over yet, but uh, I've just continued to repent at the moments when... I, I told a story earlier today when we did just kind of a fun story of me of learning the Lordship because I had just done a whole thing about Lordship and preached about Lordship and and I love cars is one of my strengths and weaknesses in regard to it and and over the years my wife has some fun stories about a lot of mistakes I did because I'm also very impulsive and at the moment when I, I suddenly had some money that came in in 2001, one of the first thing I was like, if I ever get this money, then I'm going to. And yes, they came in and I had already lusted for cars for six months. Mm. There's nothing wrong with cars, but it was something wrong with me and my heart. And that is that I had already talked a little bit about the Lordship of Jesus and trusting Jesus, both timing issue when it comes to every area that Jesus, uh, I have learned uh, that 
coming to you first and talking to you about it first and listening to you first, it is the best thing for me. I have already been through this process, but then I forgot for a moment because I got so excited when I got the money and had a pitch of the car, six months been lusting after it. And I went ahead and I invited Jesus, you can come with me to the car dealer, but I'm going to buy that car. And I bought the car and said, Jesus, you get to ride in a very good car right now. It was a BMW. And I went through it and suddenly all these things started. I didn't have the joy. I didn't have the peace. I didn't have, and I was wondering, I mean, I have this incredible car. And then certain things started to get wrong with the car, which is totally totally abnormal because this is a new car mm-hmm. and yes it was a warranty but I had to drive far to get to the dealership mm-hmm. and back and so it was just irritation and frustration I was going to enjoy this blessing not sitting there and, and yeah just losing sleep over it and getting irritation over it and and then one day I was complaining to Jesus, Jesus, I mean, you're supposed to be the Lord of my life and you're supposed to take care of me and have all these issues, Jesus. And then this little whisper from Jesus says, Leif, why are you talking to me about your car? Wow. Boom. I never forgot it. Your car, your car. And at that moment, I just teared up. I said, I'm so sorry, Jesus. I just give this car back to you because I said it all belongs to you, but I didn't act that way. So I repented and I did get rid of the car, lost a lot of money and came back again. And it was not that he needed a car. He just needed me. And I went for a couple of more years, and one day he said, hey, do you remember that car? You can, you can have that car now. But there was a couple of years, because when I didn't need that car, I could have that car. But when that car was so much connected to my identity, it's kind of the toys that he gives us can take us away from the giver of the toys. Wow. And we get so consumed with all of the blessings that we forgot about the blesser. Mm-hmm. And Jesus knew that. And for me, it had to take about two years journey before I suddenly could totally trust him. And when I didn't need that car any longer, I'm so happy with an old, beautiful clunker. <laughs> when I had that freedom, then in the next moment, he says, ah, okay, do you see this car? Enjoy it. Wow. And he blessed me. And he continue to bless. So this is kind of the journey of freedom that I've experienced just trusting in his lordship. And it's in every area of life. Wow. That's really beautiful. I, um, what would you say, Leif, just asking you personally, what would you say is one of your favorite things about Jesus? I think that he's fun. He's free. Uh, I, I, I think I misunderstood him for so long mm. in regard to hanging out with Jesus is one of the most amazing things. It makes me better than I am. Mm. Uh, he believes in me when I don't believe in myself. He sees the gold in me even when I see the mud. He, <laughs> he, he makes me greater than I am. And then it is an incredible adventure to be with me. I never know what's going to happen. As soon as I kind of feel comfortable with one thing, he does something else. And he takes me out of my comfort zone again and again. I love just the way, and I'm just sitting and thinking about from sometimes, I mean, I'm sitting in a room with a group of imam, and Jesus just whispered to me and say, hey, this person's shoulder. And in the culture, you don't even touch somebody's shoulder, but Jesus whispers, I'm breaking and violating, and I'm walking over. I have it on my phone here, the video of it. I walk over to this, he's like, why are you touching my shoulder, this Muslim imam? And in the next moment, 
he get totally healed. Wow. Another one is sitting there with his cast right there. This is just recent with a cast, has a broken wrist after falling on a motorcycle. An imam, Muslim imam. And then Jesus just said, do you see that? And I know that for me, it's it's risky, Jesus is another word for faith. Do I trust that Jesus is going to show? What if he does? And I can go through all those inner little, but I've decided I'm going to trust you again, Jesus. I take that risk and I can get kicked out of here. I can get killed here. I can, all those different things. But if I die, well, I get to be with you, Jesus. So I mean, I win no matter what. And then I touch that. And then suddenly in the next moment, and I still today, this imam is talking about, I mean, he get totally healed. And then he talks and tells the story to other imams and other Muslim leaders. They start to talk about this Jesus. Now you recognize that Jesus is alive. He was there. I saw him. I experienced it. Well, I'm sitting down at the, our previous office. We're in one and I'm sitting there with this scholar, Islamic scholar. And then the presence of Jesus just comes in. I'm thinking, this is not a good time, Jesus. <laughs> because again, he's reading from the Al-Quran. And in my office, I have the Al-Quran on the highest shelf. And in the next moment, Jesus' presence comes in. I recognize his presence. I'm like, <laughs> And I'm getting a little bit, even feel a little overwhelmed there. And as I'm looking at him, and in the next moment, I just felt Jesus says, ask him if you can pray for him. It's something you do not do, culture speak, but I didn't have enough favor, and that was the wisdom of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I love that about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus left, don't touch him. Just put your head above his head. So the instruction of the Holy Spirit, which is Christ in me, just gave me little instruction. And I put my hand over his head and just release. So I just bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your body. I bless your family. I just release a blessing over him. And the next moment, I didn't know, but he said, what are you doing to me? And I was like, what do you mean? I feel these waves just kind of going up and down like this tingling. And then it was like this heat in my stomach. What I didn't know the next day when I came to Wyndham Hotel here in Peachtree City and I was going to pick him up, he said, hey, hey, come to my room. And I'm looking in his room and there's on, he has his laptop there and on Skype. And he says, I want you to give to my family. I have two wives, wives with burqa, nine children. And he said, I want you to give my family what I received yesterday. And he had been healed from a stomach condition. The presence of Jesus just came in, just totally healed him. And then now he wants his family to experiencing the same presence of that Jesus. So I, I have the presence sometimes showing up on an airplane. I even like when he plays hide and seek with me. And there's times that I like, Jesus, where are you right now? I'm alone here and everything else. And sometimes you do not know how to find him. And you start that treasure hunt to find where is his presence. Because when I have his presence, I have everything. If I have everything and I don't have his presence, I realize I have nothing. And sometimes he just helps me to see how much... I want him and how much I need him. So he hides from me. And sometimes there's days I cannot find him. And, but I am going to continue because I cannot go on without your presence, Jesus. And this is also something is precious because I've realized that without him, I can't do nothing. But in him, I get to do all things. And wow. wow. <laughs> I know that was a long answer, but I get excited. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you, Leif, for for talking to us about lordship. Um, would you would you pray for us today? I would love to do that. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I confess, Jesus, that you are Lord over sickness. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you that you, Jesus, you are Lord over any bondage in people's life. Mm. 
I speak freedom in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are Lord over finances. You are our abundance. You are our resources. You are a provider, Jesus. You can multiply a few loaves and fishes to feed multitudes. You fill up Peter's boat with fish. Jesus, you provided a coin when Peter needed to pay his taxes. We see this over and over again, and you have done that in my life, and you will do it again. So I thank you, Jesus. Confess, Jesus, that you are Lord, Lord over finances, Lord over any issues that is going on with relationships right now. Jesus, you are Lord. You're Lord over the COVID-19 that is going on. You're ruling and reigning. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're bringing your family to coming and resting and trusting in your Lordship. So I'm just asking at this very moment for the Holy Spirit to come where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty and there is freedom. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So even at this very moment, I just release... There you are. <laughs> that presence, the presence of the spirit of lordship. And I just release the grace to anyone that are listening right now that are struggling with certain areas in their life that is difficult. Say, so I don't know how to give this up. Even if there's distrust issue, I don't know if I can bring this in the open or bring this into the light. Any area in your life at this moment, I release the very grace of Jesus for you to know him, for you to love him because you first experience how much he loves you and for you to come to this place and say, Jesus, I just give myself over to you. I give my finances. I give my future. I give everything over to you, Jesus. And I say, Jesus, take care of it. Take care of me. I invite you to be the Lord of all the areas of my life. Thank you for the amazing freedom, for the amazing joy, for the amazing victory, and for the fullness, the fullness, the fullness we get to experience together with you. A life full of righteousness, peace, and joy. Because, whoa, we are in the Holy Spirit. I bless you to be you. And to find the enjoyment of being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and living and loving just like Jesus. That's you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland. And sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.